What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Once again, for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and if you've been with us the last few weeks, Ricky has taken some time off for some Ramadan. Uh, so you're stuck with me for a solo pod this week, but fear not. Content for this week has been provided by you, the listener, and or the Twitter follower or other person. Uh, the episode is brought to you by Galaxy Minstrels Easter Egg. I'm looking forward to setting about that when I start editing the podcast later on. I'll make sure to keep my chocolate fingers away from the keyboard though, because it's already in a bad state. So, you've guessed it, we're going to have a, a Twitter Q&A session tonight, earlier on this today. I asked some questions, I asked people to give me their questions on anything to do with wrestling or anything to do with anything at all. Got quite a few replies. Some of the usual suspects, and a particular usual suspect with several questions. Here's looking at you, Rance. But I'm going to start off with a couple from Rab Ropes. He reaches out to me personally rather than the good old Twitter. And I've got a couple of questions for him. First off, and this is a hot topic in wrestling Twitter at the moment, who do you think is Toto? Now, for those of you in the know with regards to the wrestling community online, there is Tito, a columnist for several years at Lords of Pain slash WrestlingHeadlines.com, decided to move his uh, work over to NoDQ.com. And someone, a parody account, I believe, has decided to tarnish the good name that Tito holds so dear. And I don't say that in jest. Uh, Toto, he capitalises words at random, he says that he's right and everyone else is wrong. Now, knowing what wrestling Twitter is like, that could be absolutely anyone. However, there was also a parody account recently set up of a certain rock culture's very own Michael Sidgwick, fan of, the, fan of that man, give him all the flowers, and there's... Um, there's some language and syntax and all that stuff that you want to call it in that that makes me think that a certain a certain individual from Social Suplex himself is responsible for at least the Sidgwick account. And I'm calling out Grave Consequences uh, host Caleb Baldwin. Caleb, you have to answer for yourself after that. I know you said to Ricky that it's not you, but everything's a, a work in the wrestling world. So... Caleb, that's my guess for who Toto is. Please send all your queries and questions to Caleb. I can't remember right off the top of my head what his Twitter account is. This is how we are in the professional world of Ricky and Clive Studios. Rab Ropes, second question. 
Uh, given the stakes on Friday and the rumours of Daniel Bryan winding down his status as a full-time performer, what does the rest of 2021 look like for Daniel Bryan? For those unaware, uh, we're getting a re WrestleMania rematch of sorts. Roman Reigns is taking on Daniel Bryan one-on-one -on, -one on SmackDown, and if Daniel Bryan loses, it's basically a loser-leaves-town match. He has said himself, Daniel Bryan has, that maybe on Talking Smack or something to that effect within the last few months that this is trying to wind down more of a part-time schedule if, with regards to performing. He's went on record as to say, even in promo style, that this might have been the last WrestleMania that he was going to be in. So it's looking like he's going to be a part-timer going forward. As to what he will be doing, it's hard to say. I'm guessing it'll take a short break. Even if it's short, it could be longer than that. He has once again risen to the top, as the cream always does. Uh, he does it every now and again when he's with WWE. It'll just it's just quietly, quietly simmering along. Then it reaches boiling point, and he's the hottest commodity in the company uh, at any given time when he so pleases. And that happened again in the lead up to WrestleMania there. And it has happened where he just takes a bit of time off, recuperates. You know, he wrestles a, a hard style, has concussion history, lends itself to maybe a susceptibility, or even a just need to be need to be precautious, cautious. Sorry. So I think he's just going to take some time off. We're nearly to the end of the first third of 2021. He's trying to weasel his way into wrestling for other companies while his contract is still ongoing with WWE. That's a brass neck tactic if there ever was one. Personally, I wouldn't mind seeing him in uh, NXT. Uh, a certain Peter Dunn. That was my dream match for WrestleMania week. Never got it, but it's still possibly on the cards. I'd be more than happy to see Daniel Bryan wrestle alongside some of the NXT guys. Even if it's training, even if it's creative or just general promo work because... In the wrestling landscape, and I include all companies in this, to have a believable, relatable, credible um, white meat baby face, nobody can really pull it off as well as Daniel Bryan can. When he wants to, he likes to blur between white, grey and black now and again, but in terms of being a believable baby face, nobody's better than Daniel Bryan. I think some coaching with some of the people backstage who are paint presented as baby faces on TV but regularly fail to pull that off convincingly. I think that would be a good spot for him. He might be wanting to wind down with Bree, Bird de Joe. can't remember if I think there's, is there another child on the way, can't remember. So he's going to take some time off and he's going to coach some people into being believable individuals. Thank you Rab for that. Uh, sticking with NXT and is Ray Cash, aka at it's Ray Cash, aka Rance Morris, friend of the show and regular pest when it comes to the Twitter Q and A's. I've got several from him here tonight. The first one that I see on my screen and the one I'm most excited about answering: Book Coda Reeves' rise to the NXT Championship. Now, Mr. Reeves, his absence from TV screens is conspicuous. The last time I can really remember him being on TV was on NXT UK a long time ago, way before coronavirus shut everything down. Since then, 
He's been spotted on a number of occasions in the crowd during the plexiglass era in NXT. Uh, I can't remember seeing him ever since then. But if he is one of those people that hangs about in the crowd, creative have nothing for him, and you're wanting to get him to the NXT Championship, then what better way than for carrying cross when he's in the middle of his uh, suplex fests out in the back, out in the arena? A wee Saito suplex through the glass to someone that knocks Conor Reeves over, knocks his earbuds out of his, his the finest ears. Uh, just a wee, a wee seed sown there, a wee nugget for, for foreshadowing later on down the line. You know, Conor Reeves starts a campaign online, says that he was poorly handled by Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross hears it, gives it the old TikTok, Conor, show me what you've got then if you think you're... You've got the cojones to deal with me. Uh, Conor Reeves, you know, he's one of those chicken shit heels. He, it's not exactly believable, but I am. He is destined for greatness. He always will be. Knowing this, he'll probably have been let go quietly over the last couple of weeks. Um, but he's in a what you would imagine is a simple, a simple match with carrying cross. A squash match, you would imagine. You know, TV, it doesn't even have to be a takeover. It can be TV. Uh, it's going terribly for Conor Reeves. He's been suplexed out of his earbuds again. Uh, his hair extensions are falling out. His jacket's stained with oil, blood, sweat, fear. But then Adam Cole comes in uh, after his mild hiatus. Cost carrying Cole the match, carrying cross the match, and Kona Reeves walks away, your new NXT champion. Now, the premise, Rance, was not that this would be a believable and really excellent title run or title win for Kona Reeves, but you know what can happen in wrestling, crazy stuff can happen now and again, and that's how I'm going to do it to get some heat on the fella because his hateability that you don't often see on NXT because a lot of the good guys and bad guys are um, respected either way certainly during the full sale era and a bit more now during the Cruiserweight Cruiserweight Classic I keep calling it that the CWC so there's room there's room for him to get some actual heat in a place where it's always cold if that makes any sense whatsoever so that's how we'll book that thank you Rance and we will get back to you later on moving on to Rance's Outsiders Edge co-host Kyle Moores, shout out to you, at Dr. Smalls. Explain to us Yanks why the sup- the European Super League made everyone big mad. Now, I'm not in the know as much as others, for instance, Ricky. Um, my finger is not on the football pulse as much as it once was. But from my understanding, European Super League was basically uh, a group of super rich individuals getting together Deciding, okay, we're going to have an alternative to the Champions League, an alternative to basically just a brand new thing coming in to football across the European landscape. And as far as I'm aware, um, key teams from each league, each big league, so you're talking England, Spain, Italy, France, your big, your big hitters, your big financial hitters in European football, they were invited to this league, so it wasn't a case of uh, invite on merit, it was a case of invite on money, so money follows money. So first of all, there's your issue that there's a bit of favouritism going on there with regards to who is in the league. 
Secondly, the the money side of things again. Apparently, there was a guarantee that each team within this league would profit at 300 million. That was just basically a, a come on and come on and play with us fee, 300 million a year. Now, obviously, that might not have immediate effects, but if you put that 300 million into your kitty over a couple of years during the transfer windows, you're going to be able to amass quite quite the the team if you so desired easily be able to get this top players in Europe top players around the world uh, and as we know with a lot of these footballers footballers they're not going to say no to upwards of 60 70 million euros pounds however you want to um say it so the gulf there is already a gulf between the big the big financial hitters and European football and there's going to be an even bigger gulf if that were to be the case. You've got your... A few years ago, you had your Leicester Cities who won the league against all odds. Um, that was a fairy tale thing that happened in England English football. You'll never see the likes of that for a long time, and you especially wouldn't have if the European Super League continued down that road with the likes of Man City, Man United, Chelsea. I know it's all falling apart now, but if these... Super teams became even more super. There would have been no kryptonite to take these guys on. So it would basically kill any competition within the rest of these leagues, and there already is little competition as it is. But from a from an infrastructure standpoint, one thing that I'd realised was, as far as I'm aware, you still had your you still had your domestic competitions. These players would not be allowed, all teams would not be allowed to play in UEFA or FIFA-sanctioned competitions, such as the Champions League, Euros, World Cup. But uh, they'd still have competitions, and it was a weekly, midweek affair. So you've got to take into account, if you've got 20 teams, that's 10 matches every week, and... Uh, over the course of a season you've got to take into account scheduling because other teams who are supposed to have a midweek clash with said European Super League entrant they can't so that has to be postponed which clogs up and bottlenecks the fixture list for all domestic competitions um, and that would be wholly across the board I can't remember when it was going to start but surely like travel just for the sake of travel is not top of the agenda for anyone after the coronavirus carry on but especially footballers who are already travelling enough as it is but even with regards to infrastructure if you've got a big team playing at home against a massive team from Europe and England but their neighbouring team or say for instance Liverpool say for instance Liverpool went in and Everton didn't and they were both happened to play in the same night one of them in the European Super League the other in the Premier League you've got resources in, in terms of oh, police traffic um, traffic congestion it would just be a, an infrastructural nightmare with that regard as well so favouritism money the death of the lower leagues and just Towns would be a mess, and fixture lists would be an absolute mess as well. I could be entirely ignorant, entirely ignorant, and none of that is the case. But that's my take on it, and this podcast is free, so you're welcome.
Uh, next question from at Sir underscore Samuel. Sir Sam, how you doing, sir? Uh, two questions. First one, all hail the belt collector. Obviously in reference to Kenny Omega. Uh, he has more titles to him than someone from the royal family. The only... Like, I've got no issue with regards to the belt collector gimmick. Like, I know why it's happening. Um, he's enough of a heel to be like annoying about it. I'm not. I don't like like the Good Brothers or the Young Bucks or anything like that. I think they're like just so cringeworthy. But and Kenny Omega is cringeworthy to a fault as well. But he's got that sort of anime baddie to him, and that's obviously some. Uh, an environment he's happy in, loves his computer games, he loves his anime, um, and if you like that kind of stuff, he's good at it. I just wish, I mean, we've seen the Belt Collector gimmick before, I know that Piper Niven um, was a fan of such a gimmick, we had Kurt Angle, we had Austin Aries as well, a few years ago, but I think something a bit different because we've heard the, the, the words belt collector before and off the top of my head I can't remember someone being nicknamed the prospector. You know, the gold rush back in the day, collecting gold. I think that would have been a cool name, cool nickname to add to his, his resume, the prospector. And it, it's got a ring to it of someone who's an assassin as well, of some description. So I think I, prefer, I would have preferred something like the prospector. Um, what's next for Kenny Omega is an interesting question. I think what's next for AEW is an equally, in- uh, sorry, TNA impact is an interesting question because basically they've waltzed in, uh, bought some TV ad time, they've taken over a lot of spots, they've got Kenny Omega as a champion. Rich Swan has looked like a geek on several occasions at the hands at the behest at the hands of Kenny Omega. It's not made Impact look strong in the slightest. Yes, some Impact players have see what I did there. See what I did. That was good. Some Impact players have got some TV time on EEW as well, but I don't think that's really benefited them at all. I don't think. Um, It just seems like Impact have been a laughing joke out of all of this. That their name has been further dragged through the mud. And it's all just to make Kenny Omega this super heel. The, I don't know. Who's next? I mean, who else, what else is left? You've got a few more titles up for grabs. Uh, I've seen a few, some commentary with regards to should they go for the NWA title next? And Hate to say it, but I think if Kenny Omega was to enter the NWA fray, that would actually be a bit of the a bit of attention that NWA needs because the YouTube stuff they had going on last year is all well and good, but I don't know. It just seems like it's very quiet again. AEW have poached a lot of their guys. A lot of the men and women have said, "Right, I'm going to go for AEW." Fair enough. Regular paycheck. Can't argue with that. But it's quiet again. And if NWA want to be be on the tip of more people's tongues, I think bringing Kenny Omega into the fray might be a good idea. Nick Aldis, very proud individual. Some would say egotistical, but that's kind of what Kenny is as well. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out, if it does. So thank you, Sir Sam. Uh, let me see what the next question is. 
If it does end up a short show tonight, uh, I apologise. But got just to let you know, next week, looking for a, another special episode, one of our quiz time triple threats. Hoping to get a couple of friends of the show, some familiar voices and faces onto the show. Looking forward to that. So that, as you will have expected there, there won't be any quizzes this week, because I'm doing it on my own. It's a bit odd doing a quiz myself. I know I did it last time with the names of wrestlers whose both first and surnames could be first names, but I didn't plan that far ahead this week, so profuse apologies. I have uh, another football question from At The Damn Implicat, Matt Maher from Wrestling Headlines. Uh, this is in connection to Kyle's European football question. Speaking of the Euros, June 18th, that's the uh, Euros as in the sort of European version of the World Cup, CONSACEF, all that stuff. June 18th, it's England versus Scotland. How much are Scotland losing by? So, thanks for your loaded question there, Matt. It's always appreciated. Um, not particularly. I will give you a proper answer when I find out what the handicap is for Scotland first before giving you an official answer. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I never followed, I'll only really follow international football when it comes to the World Cup um, or the Euros. Um, hazard a guess and say it will be a low scoring affair and it will be 1 0 England. Uh, you heard it here first, and it will be David Batty who scores an overhead kick from the throw-in line shout out to the boss man himself Jeremy Donovan at Jeremy L Donovan uh, from Keeping It Strong Still is there anything WWE can do to regain your interest in 205 Live and that question stood out to me because you'll know that I used I, my moniker is 205 Clive that's the full name uh, back in the early days with Neville, Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy, Drew Gulak, these guys, I personally think they are the Mount Rushmore of 205 Live. They're all obviously elsewhere now. And what happened to it, I think there was the nail in the coffin was when Friday Night Smackdown started because that night they didn't play it. They just decided to cancel the show. Obviously, first night on Fox TV, I get it. But ever since then, 205 Live has not been the same. Uh, it's currently clocking in at half an hour a week. So really, Jeremy, I think what they need to do to bring me back on board is they need hooks. They had that a few weeks ago during the, the Dusty Tag Team Classic when you had Ch Champa and uh, Thatcher go over to face Tony Nice and Aria Davari in a tag team qualifier for the Dusty Classic. Had a couple of women's matches there on, as well for the women's Dusty Classic. And basically, see Santo Escobar's reign as cruiserweight champion currently. You do not, you do not, he's a cruiserweight champion, so he basically 205 Live is his show. Currently, you do not need to watch a single second of 205 Live to know everything that's going on about Santo Escobar. And I think, I think that could, that's detrimental, not to Santo Escobar, not to the Cruiserweight Championship, because it's got a nice wee place on NXT TV on Tuesday nights now. But if you want a hook, you need to bring over a couple of guys from 205 Live. They've got this open challenge thing. I don't know if that's exactly a great idea, unless they have 205 Live people come over. Uh, maybe they have a, a schmoz finish to one of the matches or a contested finish. 
and it has to be replayed on 205 Live the next couple of nights away. But they need hooks that prolongs that storyline because as things stand, it really is just, it's out in the middle of nowhere, purgatory. And I would, I used to understand why people didn't watch 205 Live back in the day. Uh, it was hardly promoted well from the company. Their Twitter account was a shambles. So much so that they ended up just getting wrestlers to run it sometimes. And now it's even worse. Um, Tony Nice, Aria Davari, they're just dwindling there. And they've, been, they've been Technically, they've been in the company for years now. And n- not really much to show for it. I don't have a clue what's happening with Brian Kendrick these days. If he's even with the company or not. Maybe he's training. Who knows? Who knows? And who cares? That's the problem. Who cares indeed? Uh, so some hooks, Jeremy, that's what they need. Something to make me say, there was a bit of a cliffhanger in one of the segments of NXT. And then you've got a bit backstage with the ever-animated Mackenzie talking to Santo and they say, right, let's carry this feud onto 205 Live. It's not as if they're struggling for people having space. You're getting wrestlers who are not getting TV time on NXT as it is. Um, about 99% of the NXT roster come in at under £205. Apparently, apart from Adam Cole, who weighs in at 210, my ass, my ass is Adam Cole 210. In fact, my ass is 210. No, it's not really, but there's no way, not even soaking wet in oil or syrup is Adam Cole 210. And six foot as well, he's a break. Nonsense. So thank you for that question. Next question from Ray Cash once again. <clears throat> Book a day for me, you and Ricky if I were to ever visit Scotland. What would we do? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I suppose first things first, we've got to introduce you to some of the cuisine that Ricky and I have frequented in the finest city centre in the world, that being Glasgow. Glasgow, Michael Cole. Uh, take to some Donner House. Uh, it's a chilli grill, if that's even still going. A couple of the really nice places to eat that we've been over the years. We'll show you some of our old haunts. Uh, the places where the train the train and ticket inspector guy told Ricky to stop vaping. Or as he called it, no toy fags on the platform. Uh, so just a wee tour of Glasgow, because it is quite a great place. Maybe do one of those um, double-decker bus tours of Glasgow when it's pissing down of rain. Um, show you the, some of the places where ICW over the years had their shows before they became beasts, iBeastW. Uh, I don't know. And then after that, we would all head back to Ricky's house for more food because Ricky's mum cooks the best food um, oh, just as well, my wife's in the thing in the bathroom now, because my wife does make the best curry ever. I'll tell you that for a fact. Thai red curry, my wife's is better than yours. But Ricky's mum uh, specialises, and I say specialises with a capital S, specialises in Middle Eastern food. I've had pasuari rice. I've had fish pakora. I've had joy. Utter joy eating this. So it would be a pretty boring day, Rance. But you're in our company, so what else could you want, really? Another cheeky question from Rance here. Uh, 
Mags, Mags, shout out to Mags. Uh, Mags and Rance, I was on their midweek mainstay show last week, last Wednesday, so Thursday, uh, on Chairshot Radio. If you want to listen to my dulcet tones on that show, head on over there. We talk UFC, yes, we talk some UFC and we talk some YouTube benefits and cons. Quite an interesting conversation we had about that one. And a shout out especially to Mags as well, who alongside um, the best Welshman on earth, Paul Tolly at Rain Counter. Shout out to those guys. They hung up their boots with regards to Badlands. Some personal decisions were made. No love was lost between the two at all, if there was any love at all, actually, when you think about it. Um, so Badlands, it's not there any longer, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it in the archives if you didn't ever listen to it. A fantastic show, really good banter, and just a plethora of guests. And I think the Badlands chaps have got a lot to say for um, the wrestling community contingent just now, especially the majority of the positive ones, of which there are a few. Uh, what was the question? We did this a while back. If you make make one wrestler trade transfer between wrestling promotions, who would you trade and why? Now, who would I get rid from WWE? Because I know who I would bring in. And that is Jason Alexander White from New Japan. Straight in there. Uh, as a heel. Fuck it. But one of those heels is an anti-hero, first and foremost, and he comes in and says, Roman Reigns, get your arse over here till I get the switch played out. Not literally, we're talking about a PG show here. But, uh, who would I get rid of? And if you didn't specify, it had to be a fair swap. So I'm going to go for, let me see, from the main roster, someone who does nothing for me. Jeffrey Hardy. Jeff Hardy, on, on your on your way, pal. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to say that one? Just get rid of him. On you go, Jeff. Uh, right. A question here. How many more have I got left? Because I'm kind of covering it. And I'm kind, trying to just, you know, flesh it out. Or, you know, this could just be a wee cheeky episode for you guys. Where you're in the car to work. Well, you're waiting in the waiting room for your COVID jag, and so on and so forth. At five nerds go. <laughs> right. What's your favourite deep fried item of food? Now, I know what you're doing here. Five nerds go. I won't call you out by name because you don't deserve it. This is in reference to apparently Scots just deep fry everything, which is a fucking lie. Unlike England, who does I coat everything in flaky pastry constantly. So my answer to that is your maw. I would deep fry your maw for food. Okay, cheeky chap. Cheeky Charlie Chaplin over there. In all seriousness, what would I deep fry? Oh, I think I imagine a, a scallop would be tasty. Um, here I go with some stereotypes, but a deep fried haggis is fucking marvellous. Black pudding, equally marvellous. Uh, but that's it. It's not that delicacy that you would think up here. And to be honest, Indians and Chinese are just as popular as chippies. So any more deep fried, go and fry your, go and fry your ice cream. Any more England are going to beat Scotland comfortably. Any more xenophobia from 
you lot down there, just remember, you voted for Boris Johnson. That's all I need to say. And he wants your body to pile high. He wants, Boris Johnson wants you dead. Okay. Love you five nerds go. Sometimes. Last question of the evening. A shorty. A shorty indeed. Adam Cole. A wee shorty for you for this week. With the AEW roster growing larger every day, how would you utilise all of them effectively? You can't cut anyone a no WWE-esque brand split. Oh, that's a big question, Rance. Because what can I suggest that they aren't already doing? They've got they've got more factions than I've had wanks. They've I mean, WWE gets uh, its name dragged through the mud because of all the six-man tags they have. But you've got your eight-man tag specialists in AEW. Tag matches coming out their assholes. Uh, run-ins every week. Like, I don't know what else to suggest, really. Like, <laughs> I think some calling is in order, to be honest with you. They've got the, what they're trying to fit in. Uh, as I say, we had a good chat last week on the Chairshot Radio's Midweek Mainstay about the benefits of YouTube shows versus TV shows. And I think the general consensus was that a lot of the Dynamite-worthy wrestlers were still appearing on Mondays and Tuesday nights on YouTube. So they're taking away time for people. I mean, as well, they've got, they're having, what, 13, 14 matches on Dark and Dark Elevation, Evolution, Elevator. What is it? Dark what? Dark 2. I'll just call it Dark 2.0. AEW Darker. (laughs) Oh, so funny. What can they do, Rance? You've got 15 matches on Dark. You've got eight-man tag matches. You've got battle royales regularly. You've got regular lumberjack matches. You've got regular brawls to break up matches. You've got loads of factions. Really, there's... I think, personally, one of the things that I think would be working, would work well for them, and... And it would be in keeping with their sports, in, in quotes, air quotes, sports-based feel, real sports feel. They have these six-man tags regularly. Okay, they've got the tag titles, but that's only been shared between a select few at the moment. You've got all these factions. I would like to see a trios, not, not a div- well, yes, obviously a division. But in the true sense of the word, a division, and have a trios league. That culminates at whatever your big pay-per-view the year is, double or nothing, all out, whatever, whatever Tony Khan, Al, and his dogs think is the pay-per-view of the year. So it culminates. It's literally a season. You've got, I don't know, could you have ten trios outfits? And it's not done. It's not done in a knockout style that you usually get in wrestling tournaments. It's not even done in a round robin style until the very end. It's not even, well, Robin, kind of, that you get with the New Japan G1 or anything like that. It's just a league. You've got 10, you have 10 trios teams and you have matches every other week. So that's 10, that's 30 people accounted for. Um, you, You can fling in a couple of ones in there as older people as managers. That's another thing, they've got managers coming out of their ass as well. They're, I mean, 
it's not it's not through lack of trying that these people aren't getting TV time. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Early night. He's already getting a bit stale. It's like a if you had an LA night in your pocket, like your your Mister T in your pocket, the wee machine. Let me talk to you. So that's what I suggest, and I'm going to ask Tony Khan to do it. I'm going to tweet him saying you should set up a trios division, ten teams, thirty people. You get three points for a win, two, uh, zero if you obviously lose. And one point if it's a 20, t- 20 minute draw. And play each, you play each other twice. So that's what? 10. That's five. Five games. Five games. You do one. You do a couple a week. I mean, some of them can be an elevation if you want. You're talking a good few months there of content. And it doesn't have to be just one. It can, co- it can be... You can have them themed, like they have their themed TV shows. You have a, a round robin. I'm repeating myself here, but it's, it's an, actually an idea that I'm liking the sound of, and I'd like the AEW fans out there to applaud me for it. Ten teams, 30 people. They each wrestle each other nine times. So that's nine weeks, with some weeks off for some people, obviously. Um, and they do it twice. So that's 18. Or you can do it four times uh, and if you get rivalries that come for these through the managers or teams that are doing badly you can have let's say for instance Jurassic Park Jurassic oh, for, for Jurassic Express and Luchasaurus is uh, gets in a heated a heated moment with one of the people that he's fighting against they can have a singles match on the week that the Jurassic Express aren't wrestling you can do that I think the Geos thing would be quite Quite a trendsetter if it was done in league format only, and then when it gets to, you know, there's all the all the matches all the matches have taken place. You get the top four, and it's seeded based on who finished first. You know, they get I don't know, they get to take some steroids before the match to help them. I think that would be a good idea. I'm going to flesh it out, and you know what? In the future, I'm going to speak to some AEW marks out there. See if they want to come on here. I'll give them a platform. Set up an AEW trios division with 10 teams. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Rance. Thank you, Rab Ropes. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Five Nerds Go. Thank you, Imp. Thank you, Sir Sam. Thank you... Kyle Moores. And thank you, the listener, for listening this week. I hope you've enjoyed this Adam Cole shorty episode. Um, shout out to Chelsea Green for being doubling down and being a stupid, 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 like fucking, what's, what are you doing, Chelsea Green, honestly? In Scotland, you would be called a ready, an absolute ready. Anyway, this has been the Clive Show, the... Clive's questions as part of the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match Generator, Grave Consequences, 8-Bit Suplex Podcast and All Things Elite. Great Match Generator, I've said it twice. I thought I was going to get away with a good plug here. Um, And I've probably forgotten about one. No matter. I'm sorry if I forgot you. I love you either way. Um, 
head over to the podcast app of your choice, preferably Apple Podcasts because they have monopolised the whole bloody thing, and give us a five-star review or a review that reflects your actual opinion of us. Uh, on the website, socialsuplex.com, you can get these podcasts, you can get the columns, and they can be sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button. On the show notes, you'll see hyperlinks, URL links to the Pro Wrestling Tees page that we have for Social Suplex podcasts, logos, t-shirts. There's a donate button on the show. for uh, You can either donate to ourselves or to Social Suplex as a whole. We're in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. And we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Stay tuned. Next week, if my file explorer, Microsoft file explorer, is to be believed... Sometimes I don't think it is. Next week is episode 200. Um, currently, Ricky's not going to be on it, but uh, Ricky was not on episode 100. So at least we're keeping we're being uh, keeping continuity there. Hoping to get a nice wee quiz time triple threat next week. I hope you join us for the party and enjoy whatever wrestling is on this week. I'm recording this before NXT tonight. Look forward to watching that in the morning. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you all again next week and on the ether good night thank you for listening to the ricky and clive wrestling podcast we'll see you next time